Hey guys, welcome to the We Need to Calm Down podcast. I'm Devin. And I'm Joe. And this is a show where we talk about all things Taylor Swift. That's right. This is a show where two friends finally get to let their dedication to the most awarded female singer ever, Taylor Swift, fly. We'll be discussing everything from song breakdowns, fan Taylor news, and our insane fan theories. Not fan news. (laughs) Well, actually, probably. (laughs) Speaking of fan news, I mean, would you call Olivia Rodrigo a fan? Uh, I would probably say she she might be a bigger fan than we are at this point. (laughs) Probably at this point. Well, to you know, if I feel like if you're alive right now, you know that Olivia Rodrigo dropped her debut album, Sour. I feel I feel like this is Sutis will give us a little bit of a break if we want to talk just for the beginning of this episode, just for a little bit. About Indulge Sour. us. Indulge us about Taylor Swift's daughter. That's uh, my and baby. Let us talk. And I'm proud. <laughs> Dude, this album's fantastic. Yeah, you you were texting me about it, just like popping off, and I didn't get a chance to listen to it yet because I was, you know, doing a move. And as soon as I did listen, I listened to the whole thing straight, and then I just texted you, and I'm like, wow. <laughs> Dude, she, like, she encompasses, like, a lot of everything we love on this podcast. Like, we talked about it uh, extensively. We were like, wow, we can really hear... Not only the Taylor Swift influences and a lot of the like lyrics and the way that she writes things, and clearly in uh, One Step Forward, Three Steps Back, which 13, come on, Taylor mm-hmm. Swift. Uh, but Lord, even, you mentioned that. Mm-hmm. And as soon as you said that, I was like, oh, I hear that here, 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 and here. Yep. It has such a Lord influence, too. And it's crazy because I feel like across the board, I have not heard a single person say this album sucks. So mm. many people that are not Taylor Swift fans who happen to maybe be Lord fans, like my boyfriend. He's not the biggest Taylor Swift fan. He likes some songs here and there, but he loves Lord. And I told him to listen to this album. And he's like, it is so good. I'm like, it, put some respect on her name. Yes, it is so good. You have taste. Honestly, it feels so weird because I'm like very cynical with this stuff and I'm not full disclosure i'm not very receptive to new things i've been like if if our top 50 up five 10 taylor swift ever songs it was an indication i like classic taylor i like old taylor i've been listening to the same fallout boy for 15 years like i like what i like and it's very rare that a new a brand new artist just like creeps her way into my regular listening schedule so when driver's license came out i was like this is really good and she has that Taylor Swift connection. But, like, is it really going to pan out? Like, is she really going to be good? Or is this just, like, the hype around the song? Because there was a lot of hype around the mm-hmm. song, independent of how good it was. Like, it was a phenomenal song, but there was an SNL skit about it. Mm-hmm. Like, there was, like, all of this, like, drama around the song. And I was like, it feels like it's just hyped up about the drama. I don't know if she, like, has anything else. And then this album came out, and I'm just like, all right, she might be here to stay. Like We she... have no choice but to stand. Mm-hmm. Honestly. Honestly. Like, everything down from her attitude, the way that she's promoting this album, the I don't know if you saw, she's been sending Sour Patch Kids to people, which I'm in love with. So I saw this thing on TikTok, and this one guy was like, I have a theory. You know, the whole reason that she's pairing with Sour Patch Kids is that she has, you know, on her Instagram, she was releasing a bunch of snippets of songs, and there was a lot of really, like, happy songs, 
and none of them were included on this album and he was like you know that was so weird and they were all wiped obviously because of this new album and promotion he's like what if the first album is sour and the next one is sweet like sour patch kids sour sweet gone or whatever so i would love that mm-hmm. so he's like i think there's gonna and you know sh- she is taylor swift's daughter so who's to rule out another album coming soon i i believe that too because i feel like that's become a new thing or at least like it feels like it might be the trend in a lot of like pop artists like now like doing that duology album kelsey ballerini did that last year where in march she released kelsey and then september she released ballerini mm. which is just kelsey but like all different versions of it and it's it like was kelsey. it's like yeah it's like a b-side and and taylor with folklore uh evermore I can easily see that being a thing, especially because and I was going to comment on this. I was a little disappointed that she doesn't take the cue from Taylor. There's only 11 songs on this album. And it's like 36 minutes. It's yeah, such like, a quick listen. This is like an EP. It mm-hmm. feel, like After listening to Taylor and being such a Taylor fan and having two 17 song albums back to back, three 17 song albums back to back and reputate like all like the shortest album I think Taylor has ever put out is like what? Like 11 songs was her debut, but then she had like four bonus tracks that mm-hmm. came out, which I don't know if that's the case with this, but I can definitely see that being the case if, and I, I mentioned that to you, I think too, I was like, I really like the song, but I, particularly love brutal and good for you because i think her angry singing and her angry songs are more enthralling than her sad songs and i can listen to brutal and good for you over and over and over again but the sad songs don't really hit that same high for me mm-hmm. i don't know i think you were the exact reverse though like i mean yeah, obviously you I'm like kinda, brutal and good for you yeah but. those are obviously great songs as you know i do have taste but <laughs> But songs like Traitor, Happier, mm. but two songs that have kind of been like creeping up for me. I don't know why. I mean, I do know why. They're good. But Jealousy, Jealousy is such an underrated song. That song, favorite crime. Like, I really enjoy the back half of it because I think mm-hmm. as a big Lord fan as well, those songs are very reminiscent. Like, I was a, we were talking offline, but Hope That You're Okay, the entire bridge just sounds like a Lord song. Mm-hmm. Same jealousy, jealousy feels mm-hmm. very Lord in a lot of parts too, and I think like we even mentioned like you can see the influences as you go through the album because brutal. I mentioned to you, I was like brutal is like right off of Reputation. And you were like, no, no, <laughs> <laughs> no. It was off of her unreleased stu- sixth studio album, The Rock Karma. <laughs> Which honestly, that's it. Like mm-hmm. that song is like a rock jam, and it feels like it is off an unreleased Taylor Swift album. Yeah, and because you even get in that song, and I mentioned this right before we started recording, because we can't stop talking about this album. Uh, you get her saying like, "God, it's brutal out here," and that's exactly like something that would happen in Reputation or that era, at least, where like Taylor just stops all the music and just says something. Mm-hmm. Well, that's that's sour. I was going to say, that's a pretty good segue. We, we brought it back to Taylor. Mm-hmm. So, Devin, what are we talking about on this typical Tuesday night? So, we are actually going back to the song breakdown. So, we will be revisiting the latest off of Evermore, which is No Body, No Crime, featuring Haim. Mm-hmm. And so, do you want to just tell us a little bit about this song? 
So we have more context around this song than any other song, I think, because this song tells a fantastic story. And we finally have a true female country song. And I do put female in there for a specific reason. Uh, song out of Taylor Swift. Arguably the first one since what? Like Picture to Burn? Or so, like it's been a while mm-hmm. since we've had like a good tale of female revenge. Uh, but instead of just going out with all your best friends, girl is gonna murder a dude, <laughs> and that's personal growth. And we're here for it. <laughs> Don't take no no messiness. Just get it done. Well, she does know how to clean up a clean up a crime scene. Uh, mm-hmm. The song details a girl. We'll call her Taylor. And her friendship with a woman named Esty. Uh, Esty believes her husband is cheating on him, but when she confronts him about her, uh, dude just freaking murders her and gets away with it. No problem. And then just starts openly dating his mistress. Uh, Taylor doesn't really care for this. Uh <laughs> doesn't doesn't really isn't fond of this decision uh and then just starts open uh and then just uh decides to put it it's time to put that boating license to good use and uh just up and murders Estes widower There's a lot of just up and murdering going on in this uh in this four minutes uh <laughs> and thanks to Estes sister confirming her alibi she gets away scot-free by blaming it on the new mistress who just got a hella life insurance policy uh, this is Taylor Swift's ode to true crime TV and podcasts that we know she is obsessed with. Uh, and we even came full circle with the Crime Junkie podcast doing an episode dedicated to this very case uh, on April Fool's Day. Uh, not to promote other podcasts <laughs> on our podcast, but uh, go give it a listen. It's it's very entertaining. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean, she talks about the process behind this song. And she says that she was very influenced by true crime podcasts. And she loved, you know, the name Esty. So she wrote this song and she texted her and she's like, hey, what's your favorite restaurant? Just just curious. And she's like, oh, Olive Garden. <laughs> and she's like, so weird. OK, cool. Thanks. <laughs> it's just like, OK, what? And then later she's like, OK, no. So I wrote the song and I really want you to be on it, because at that point, Haim and Taylor have toured together. They've, you know perform but they've never actually done a song together so this was the first collab with the two artists so they've been you know best friends she was really excited to have them on the song danielle and sd are actually doing vocals danielle has a little snippet later in the song you know she was with me dude (laughs) and then like they hit us with a one-two punch because the second uh the second time she immediately uh, collaborated him again with gasoline Mm -hmm. which we talked about uh in the intro of another episode uh, that I don't remember which one exactly, uh, but she do- and in gasoline Taylor gets a full verse instead of just background vocals. So maybe learn from that Tay, and like maybe give these women that you love so much more than he was with me, dude. That's <laughs> so funny. It's so true, but it's so funny. It's so bad. The misogyny, like... Taylor. <laughs> love you. I- it's still that's that's an interesting story about Olive Garden because like I don't know about you, but if I was Heim, I can't imagine your well, favorite It might have been favorite chain restaurant. I think she said favorite gotcha. chain restaurant. Gotcha. Because that makes a lot more sense than like choosing Olive Garden <laughs> as your favorite. No. It was definitely favorite chain. 
even though even so that's still really funny because like olive garden i mean we've talked about it ad nauseum about this album and this uh era where taylor swift is great at taking like ridiculous words and working them into a cadence that makes it sound normal in a song which is a ridiculous feat honestly but to be able to work olive garden into a song like, could you imagine if 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 Essie was just like, "Oh, Texas Roadhouse," <laughs> <laughs> wasn't there Tuesday or, night at Texas Roadhouse? At her job for anyway. <laughs> at Bertucci's or anywhere like Applebee's so or anywhere. Applebee's could work. Applebee's could work. I feel like I'd like Applebee's better. I I've never had a good experience. Well, I feel Garden. like I feel like Olive Garden is like the classiest chain restaurant i can kind of think of like what if she was like you know i really like i don't know what's a fridays chilies. friendlies chilies. <laughs> Welcome i found to- god in this chilies <laughs> oh i just can't but yes i feel like olive garden is like the classiest one like at least you can get like a nice <laughs> bottle of wine and they talk about that in the song tuesday night dinner and a glass of wine but that's that's a fair point and i'm like i said like taylor nailed it and uh made it work really well the one thing that's interesting uh, is a quick theory that i've come to to fully believe i don't know where you fall on it but it is theorized that sd makes another appearance later in evermore uh in the song right where you left me as the ghost that haunts the restaurant the Mm -hmm. olive garden uh, notoriously haunted uh, where the line help I'm still at the restaurant sitting in a corner I haunt so it, the theory goes that SD died but she still waits for Taylor every Tuesday night at the Olive Garden even though you know she's dead and all <laughs> sad very uh, sad so do you want to get into what was your first impression of this song so we both had the same first impression that it was hands down we were like this is uncomparable best song on the album we both instantly gravitated towards it because compared to the rest of the album this was the most you know bop of a song that we had you can you know kind of and i wouldn't say dance to it but you know it's Mm -hmm. dancing to murder but it's it's like bop to it though. exactly you can groove along to it you know it wasn't something like happier which immediately comes afterwards and just you know (laughs) stabs you in the heart um so that's what we thought and you know we both also in what one thing i just want to make this note how much you are obsessed with sour because you said it's unlike happier which is on sour and the song you're thinking of is happiness uh (laughs) too many too many sad songs that are called happy called happy my friend texts me about like she sends me a bunch of horror movie recommendations like every day and she goes watch the movie happy it's the saddest movie i've ever seen and i was like well with if you follow taylor swift or any of her like offspring well yeah because taylor swift has happiness olivia rodrigo has happier and so does ed sheeran yeah ed sheeran Mm -hmm. is happier which is one of my favorite ed sheeran songs yeah if it's if there's happy in the title guys depressed just hide it's gonna make you cry anyway nobody no cry so, you know, the story is very gripping. And when we first listened, it's instantly Carrie Underwood would church bells. Like mm-hmm. that was the instant vibe of the story where the chorus, the chorus's implications change with each verse. 
And so mm. I think this one does it a little bit less up until the very end. But Church Bells, if you haven't listened to it, is this story where it's a very good song, highly recommend, that follows this couple and the chorus remains the same, but the implications because of what happened kind of change. I think I think in that one, the first chorus is about church bells at a wedding. Mm-hmm. The second chorus is at church bells at church after she's getting beaten by her yeah. husband. And then the third is church bells at her husband's funeral. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we love that's why, that's why we indicated this as like a female country song. Because you mm-hmm. get so many great female revenge stories in country songs like this. And... It definitely, it, while it definitely is that that ode to true crime and everything, it feels like it's an ode to the traditional country woman revenge song. Mm-hmm. And that's something we really haven't gotten from Taylor, like you said, unless we're talking about something like Pitcher to Burn. Mm-hmm. But that was way back in the day. This is something kind of bringing her full circle a little bit back to country Taylor. Uh, so those were our thoughts then. What's what really you- funny, a quick anecdote, sorry. What's mm-hmm. really funny is... I remember in high school seeing an early meme about uh, country songs where it it was like it was like the first picture was Taylor Swift and it was if you cheat on me I'm going to burn all your pictures and then the second one was I don't I think it was Carrie Underwood that said if you cheat on me I'm going to break your car or destroy your car or whatever. And the third one was a girl I didn't know at the time because I wasn't big in a country. And the, the line was, if you cheat on me, I'm going to murder you. <laughs> and I remember thinking, ha, huh, well, at least Taylor isn't that bad. <laughs> oh, if only we knew. <laughs> murder, murder. <laughs> so what are our thoughts now? So since our very first listen this song has fallen rather dramatically. I think there's a lot of reasons to this. Uh, the song is a little unrelatable, I hope. Uh, <laughs> and like we've said, and we've we've harped on a lot in this podcast, Taylor songs have such great relatability because they remind us of moments in our lives or help us get through moments in our lives. Uh, but this song about murder <laughs> is hopefully extremely unrelatable uh, unless I guess you or a friend were cheated on, but hopefully that's just a daydream scenario. It's just a tad <laughs> bit unrelatable, you know, nothing, nothing crazy. And and it is interesting because like I, I actually had this moment pretty recently where I had like a relatively really bad day, and I just put on folklore just as like comfort music, and mm. it 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 took me back to like a very like a weirdly comforting time, and it was just very nice and comfortable. But this song was like i wouldn't listen to this in that moment so like it it's it's a bop of a song but like it's it's narrative based so it doesn't really like help you get into a mood of anything i guess unless you're just like murdering uh infidelity uh <laughs> it's i feel like if you're angry maybe listen to the song but compared to the rest of evermore it mm. does not fit that kind of melancholy vibe to it it's weird because it's still like i still think it fits ever more aesthetically yeah thematically because like we said and like my favorite thing that we that we said about evermore the favorite theory that i have is that willow is the base of the album and every branch is an ending is a different ending Mm -hmm. and this song is clearly an ending that ends in uh murder (laughs) for multiple people um but i i love I think it fits into that theme perfectly 
and the the sound still it doesn't like it's not jarring against the rest of the album which i think is great but it's just yeah it's just like exactly it's just hard to relate to Mm-hmm. And get you in a mood. It also just has a little bit of the Betty phenomenon, you know, mm. a best song that was, you know, it just became overplayed. It's funny because they're both, you know, kind of country esque, like more country influenced than the other songs, which I, I think is just a a coincidence. I don't think that's the reason why, but because it was so good, you play it over again, and then you're like, I don't need to listen to this. I need to listen to other stuff, and then it just kind of falls in the rankings and i will say even for betty like i think betty at least stayed higher Mm -hmm. uh and this is gonna sound like a dig on this song i can't express enough that this is a phenomenal song but betty i feel like had a more depth to it and we'll get into that when we talk about the our favorite lyrics or lack thereof uh because betty like there was still a story behind it there was a lot to pull out of it but this song didn't have a lot to pull out of it. Well, it it was still a story you could relate to. Mm -hmm. And that, yeah, with Betty, that was a huge thing too. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, like there were so many lines in Betty where we were like, oh, I felt that. Yeah. And in, and nobody, no crime. It's very, unless you're like, oh, I have my voting license. (laughs) I know how to clean. I, yeah, I was going to say like, I, it, it doesn't generally lead to like good quotable or screamable lyrics. Like who is screaming? I've had enough. I've cleaned enough houses to know how to cover up a scene. Know how to cover <laughs> up a scene. Like I'll, I'll scream it when I'm seeing it, but I'm never mm-hmm. like, it never pops into my head. Like it's, they just aren't like that, that snappy cleverness that have been in the last two, maybe even three albums that mm-hmm. we're just like really accustomed to. Uh, I, they're not like I guess marketable lyrics I would say because like we said this about Willow with grow come back stronger than a 90s trend like she, you know she wrote that in there so that would be like the title of something it would, mm-hmm. it would be a very marketable lyric it's hard to find them in this song unless it's just the he did it chapter yeah. or something like that but like even that like it doesn't it's not unique or anything like that mm-hmm it's not a dig. It's not a bad thing. Together, every line of this song makes up a phenomenal story. But for the purposes of a Taylor Swift song, it's just very different from the norm, which made it fall in the rankings. And that said, we did have it uh, number one in the rankings the first time we heard it. But before we even put up our official rankings, it fell to number two, which is still respectable. But ultimately, after spending a lot of time with the album, it ended up, I think, at 11 for me and 12 for you. Mm-hmm. We agreed. Yeah. <laughs> Rare. <laughs> so let's look at, let's talk about the lyrics. I don't want to say let's dive into lyrics that jumped out because there really aren't any. Yeah. It just, like you said, it all fits cohesively into the story, which I think the story is something we can definitely go into. But lyrically, there's nothing that, when we talk about lyrics that dived out to us or dived, dive into lyrics that jumped out to us, you know, it's things that we kind of like stick with us for a bit and make us think. But I think the song is good. Story is better. Story is better than the, the lyrics we could potentially pull out. I think, I think the way to say it is that the story sticks with us, not individual lyrics. Yes. Stick to us. So like, that's what I think is the big thing about this song. And one of the things I do like about it, like a, I feel like we've been, it feels like we're ragging on the song and I mm-hmm. want to, I just need to keep reminding you guys. We love the song. It's fantastic. But 
the one thing I want to talk about is that the song just does feel unique, especially in the last two albums. It doesn't, like we said, it doesn't have any couplets or marketable slash quotable lines, but it's actually really refreshing to get a, just a strictly story song, mm-hmm. like something we don't have to dive into. Like for me, the song kind of really evokes the idea of a great summer blockbuster style movie. Mm-hmm. Like, it's extremely like, I remember when I saw what was it like Transformers 2 or something not even Transformers 1 like Transformers 2 where I was like big dumb monster go boom <laughs> but like was just like extremely entertained mm-hmm. like it wasn't anything like I was gonna be like dive into oh my gosh what did he mean by this line this line was so like thought-provoking right it wasn't any of that it was just this is two hours of fun and entertainment and I feel like that's what no body no crime is Exactly. Without the robots, pure, enter- but- <laughs> pure entertainment in a song, like something you don't really have to think about too much. The meaning behind it's just a fun song, and sometimes I feel like Taylor Swift really doesn't go into that. Just like a fun, mm-hmm. fun story song. So, especially in the last one, like we've had multiple episodes for folklore now that we have done uh, a, a whole episode dedicated line by line, breaking down every single word basically in the song. Mm-hmm. This one is just, it's extremely digestible. Almost all of the information and context is just right there in the song. And there's very little digging needed to be done to get the most out of it. Besides the graves. (laughs) You do. Well, you don't even have to dig a grave because she just throws them right in the ocean. Oh, yeah. Just throws them right in the ocean. That's what you got that boating license for. (laughs) The one thing I think that's interesting that I can pull up is um, if you listen to our last episode, Tolerate It where we broke down that song, we talked about how that song had a lot of uh, pull from uh, Rebecca, the story by Daphne de Maurier. Mm-hmm. I definitely butchered that name because I just did it all off of memory. But uh, if you if you read that book, you know that one of the... Uh, this might be a bit of a spoiler, so if you want to skip, skip ahead. But I believe one of the the there was a dead body disposed in the exact same way of throwing it off a boat in that book mm-hmm. so you can see more of that coming through uh in the the next song right after tolerate it yeah but i mean honestly like is there anything about the story that you really want to dive into or anything lyrically like it i'm sorry guys this one's like this one's kind of tough cuz there's just not the only um, thing I would say is hashtag girl boss. Honestly. Like, there are some things that I like. Like, I know for me personally, I loved, uh, I just love She Was With Me, dude. Mm-hmm. Like, it's such a weird, uh, such a weird line to love. But, like, I do love She Was With Me, dude. Like, I, the way it's delivered. And I said this about Olivia Rodrigo's Brutal. Like, I love when plain lines are delivered in such a a sassy way like that the inflection is very prominent on this song i think i think what i said i don't know if i said this on air but i remember when i was talking about brutal i was like i love hearing people say things in a song where i can picture how they said it so Mm -hmm. like with brutal when she says god it's brutal out here like Mm -hmm. i can picture exactly how she said it the sass in her voice and i can picture she was me dude like i can picture exactly (laughs) how she said and delivered that line and for me i i just think that's incredible when you can like give a visual image you can see someone saying something to you just from hearing it i think that is commendable Mm 
Yeah. Uh, one thing I do like too, and this was something I noticed immediately, was when I first heard this song, is my, good thing my daddy made me get a boating license when I was 15. I don't think this was intentional, but she did recover the song when daddy let me drive like way way mm. back and there is like a part of that song where she it's taught how to ride a boat uh drive a boat from her dad so i think like granted she didn't write that song she covered it yeah. but it is a it is like a, a nice callback even if i don't know if it was 100 percent intentional mm-hmm. who knows everything with taylor is intentional i'm just trying to look through these lyrics and see if there's anything we can pull out of them I like infidelity, I think, is one of those hard words to fit into a song that she nails in here, and it smells like infidelity is mm-hmm. interesting. That I had my Merlot on his mouth. Like, that's very, like, uh, that's very Carrie Underwood. What's the, the uh, that's uh, that's my wine stain on his on his je- shirt or something? What is mm. the Carrie Underwood like? You wouldn't know Carrie Underwood lyrics. No. Um, I'm sure. But even just... I, you know, you talked about it on another song. Maybe it was Tolerate It, but the alliteration to Merlot on the mouth, jewelry on the joint account. Mm. That's a good point, too. I love mm-hmm. that. Yeah, like, it's, that's the thing is, like, we talked about how this, like, there isn't that much to dive into. And it's not like, again, it's not like it's a it's a basic song. You can, she's still a phenomenal songwriter, and there's still some interesting things in there. I like... For some reason, this feels like a, a weird motif throughout the album, but we get, I pass his house and his truck has got some brand new tires. Why do you keep talking about tires and trucks, mm. Taylor? Like, you've really brought, like, from Tis the Damn Season, you got tire, muddy truck tires. Like, there's a lot of trucks and tires uh, on this album. Her country is showing. So much so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, again, but other than that, like, I'm trying to, like, big life insurance policy with like, was delivered fantastic. But there's not, there's just not a lot else to pull out. I like, that was a really good Merlot on my mouth, uh, jewelry on our joint account. That that was a great pull. Thank you. I I think, I mean, do you want to teach me about the music? Yeah, the music isn't, you know, too crazy. You know, obviously we know the iconic sirens in the beginning that indicate that crime just occurred with Himes. He did it layered over top. But when you listen to it, it sonically appears that they're trying to like emulate kind of like, like the part of the movie where it's like, you're kind of wondering how I got here. Mm. I got to go back and tell you. And it like emulates this, like kind of like going backwards. Like if you watched Hamilton, the musical, with um satisfied they kind of like do like a little skip and it makes it seem like it's reversing so it has like this little bit of like glitching like synth just like the tiniest little bit there's some piano and it seems like they're going back to tell you this story like it starts with the sirens and you're like where is this going and then all of a sudden it just pulls you in with the the mandolin and just very country vibes straight off the bat we get the mandolin the harmonica and the piano so with the harmonica, it's another Betty tie-in, very country vibes. Um, we have the lap steel guitar, acoustic guitar, bass, drums, organ, electric guitar, piano, and synth. And obviously, not Jack round, but Heim round vocals. Oh we have Danielle gosh. and Esty in the background. Uh, the song's in G minor, which is why it sounds a little bit darker. It's not really like, I think he did it. And <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> you know, it has that grimmer feel to it. Very simple vocals. Vocals are just a little bit of echo and reverb on her voice just to kind of give it that depth. But the harmonies in the chorus are pretty good. I think they're, it might be like a trio of harmonies, if I'm correct. But definitely just stacked harmonies to kind of add to it and add the kind of ominous, like, it sounds like there's just like a jury of people out there Mm. like, I think he did it, but I just can't prove it. And especially with, you know, first it's Esty saying it, then it's Taylor saying it, and then eventually it's the mistress saying it plus Taylor. So I think, like we touched on, the inflections in the song are one of my favorite parts. The, you know, no, nobody, no crime. And then he reports his missing Ooh, wife. Yeah. That's a good one because I, I like it. You really get that country, mm-hmm. that country come out. His truck has got some brand new tires. Like you kind of like hear just the little bit of twang, but not enough to be inauthentic. I love that too because the tires, like it feels like the it's like the end like it very like wraps around almost this truck has got some brand new tires and it just like kind of like fades mm-hmm. off i like that yeah and then for the exposition part of the song like the bridge where she talks about good thing my daddy get made me get a boating license all that stuff most of the instruments are stripped it gets a little simpler just the bass drum kind of in the background for some kind of beat to follow an acoustic guitar um just like a little bit of electric but nothing crazy mostly just like kind of runs and then maybe like a bass note of a piano like a chord or something just very simple like one time and it lets it ring but the next chorus it strips it down even further it's still simple then it's just that electric guitar there's no drum so there's no percussion in the background mandolin and piano just very country and of course for the big reveal that you know i um she uh, i think he did it but i just can't prove it and then she thinks i did it but she just can't prove it and then all the instruments come back in for the big reveal and at the very end i wasn't giving up until the day he died and she just whispers died and (laughs) you hear like these little crickets chirping so i'm figuring like you're maybe you're out on the boat and you just hear like the water like the little crickets chirping or like in the woods or something seems very ominous just kind of like spooky it 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 really reminds me of a csi episode Mm -hmm. like especially like you mentioned with the uh with the sirens in the beginning where i feel like every csi episode like the camera pans down on the crime scene you hear the sirens in the background and then you start to get the chatter of the all right so what happened here what's going on and you get like all of that and then it fades into more stuff and you even get like you said i love that you said jury coming out and saying like he did it like it feels very courtroom at mm-hmm. a point it feels very reportery like following someone outside of a courthouse saying like do you think he did it do you think he yeah. did it and then the the even better the chirping at the end where she got away with it everything's fine and that's the the end just like the the credits produced by dick wolf if she had ended <laughs> it <laughs> dun, dun. oh my god that would have been great but that's i mean yeah i feel like i feel like the lyrics I mean, the lyrics and the music kind of really emulate off of each other. One word, simple. Yeah, if anything, like, this is a song that I could definitely see being featured on some kind of TV or movie, or Mm. I've seen a lot of fan edits with 
just like making your own music video to it. Like it seems like it's very much a thematic song that something can be created out of it. But in terms of listener relatability, there's not too much there. I think, and and, it, and we we did in doing some research for a future episode. Uh, it is very single driven. Like it, it was a single on this album, which actually surprised me because I don't feel like I heard too much about it. Mm-hmm. But it definitely feels like a single. But like, what's interesting is usually songs that Taylor puts out, at least since Red, that feel like a single have been like, we are never ever getting back together, shake it off, like, look what you maybe do. And me, like, if this is the song of the album that feels like a single, Mm -hmm. and that's how she's going to do it going forward, I'm more than happy with it. Because this, while this feels like a single, it's not, what's the word I'm looking for? It's not, like, overtly different than the rest of the album. Like, it still meshes, it still fits with the theme of the album, it doesn't feel out of place. Mm -hmm. It just feels like a single. And me... We are never ever getting back together. Shake it off. Like all mm-hmm. of those songs, they're so different. Poppy, poppy, and like repetitive. And I will say, this song is a bit repetitive too, because it do get the he did it. He did, like mm-hmm. all throughout the song, it's it's relatively simple, like all of the other singles are. But there's a lot more going on, and it's just more fun. I feel than those other singles. So if this is the future of Taylor Swift singles, now that she has control over releasing her, her albums more, I'm here for it. Let's go. Mm-hmm. This and Willow, great singles. We don't talk about the other ones. <laughs> um. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I think I was going to say anything to say in closing, but it sounded like everything yeah. <laughs> that was all in closing. <laughs> So if you like what you heard, be sure to give us a review and a five-star rating on Apple. Tell a friend about us. Let them know that we exist. And make sure to follow us on social media. Subscribe to our YouTube channel if you want to see our beautiful faces. If you have a suggestion for an episode, drop us a comment or a DM. We love hearing from you guys. And aside from that, thank you so much for listening. We will see you next time. Come back. We'll be here.